0: Hello there, friends and fellow warriors, and welcome to another episode of Warriors and Hope with Valerie Silvera. I'm Valerie Silvera. And before we get started, I want to mention a couple of things. First, get yourself to the Freedom Experience in October in Phoenix. I know we all are busy and we have a lot of reasons and sometimes excuses why we can't do things that are good for us, that could benefit our lives in, in tremendous ways, And so we just put it off and we don't do it. Don't let that be you. What if you made whatever sacrifice you need to make to get there and it turned out to be one of the best experiences of your life? What if it could improve the rest of your life? Wouldn't it be worth prioritizing it? So go to ValerieSilvera.com, look up the Freedom Experience right there on the very front page and get your tickets now. Don't delay. Also, I invite you to become a warrior in hope. I have a lot of really cool resources for you at ridiculous prices, but you can also join for free. What's important is that we are collecting a million people, a million women to stand together as warriors to make a huge impact, not just in our lives, but in the world. So go to ValerieSilvera.com. You can find both of those things right front and center. Okay, today... I wanted to talk to you about courage, surprise, surprise, but specifically I'm going to challenge you to listen to this entire message and then refute (laughs) what I say. You are already courageous and I can prove it. I understand that you might be thinking right now that you are not courageous because what you face today is big. It's huge. It's something you don't know how to navigate. It's scaring the holy hell out of you. Get it, been there and done that. And and I'm sure there are more scary situations coming for me. Well, in fact, I know because I've got a murder trial in my future, hopefully. Uh, not, not me, I'm not going on trial for murder. <laughs> if you've never heard my story, my daughter, Jamie was murdered and it's been nearly seven years and we have just had the preliminary hearing a few months ago. Haven't even gotten close to trial yet. So, you know, who knows? It's a very scary situation. So I completely understand how you feel today. But let's go to proof number one, that you are already courageous. Just consider this. Let me ask you a couple of things. Have you ever fallen in love? Tell me It wasn't scary to get into that relationship or to say, I love you first. I vowed I would never say I love you first to anyone. Scared the heck out of me. And I could go back and psychoanalyze why and my childhood and all that, but we don't have time on this podcast episode. But I was definitely not going to ever put myself in a position where I could be rejected or I could feel bad. That scared the heck out of me. So with my second husband, my current husband, Rich, it happened. I did it. What was I thinking? I said it. You know, and they always say that false evidence appearing real, you know, most of the things we fear never happen. Well, guess what? It happened. (laughs) It happened. He didn't say it back. As a matter of fact, you know what he said? He'd probably kill me if he knew I was telling you this. He said to me, Val, we're in the same book. We're probably even in the same chapter. We're just not on the same page. Really, dude? You're the one that pursued me. <laughs> I hated that. Oh my gosh. Good thing I married him. And I'm going to not have any other relationship if, God forbid, anything happens to him. Because <laughs> I'm not letting that happen again. No, I'm just kidding. But you get what I'm saying, right? It's scary. If that's been you, you, you face that fear. The fear of being rejected, of being maybe even being in a relationship with somebody. Have you ever ridden a bike? You remember how terrified you were the first time you rode a bike? How about starting a new school? Every couple of years until I got to high school, I started new schools. And I'm not exactly a shy person, but that terrified me, right? I was the only redhead in the school for the most part. Almost every time I was the the only redhead, maybe there would be one other. I stood out like a sore thumb. And I was teased and called names and, you know, for having my red hair and all this. So it was a scary experience, but I did it. Have you ever done something like that? Were you ever called out in class? Called on? Oh, no. Even if you knew everybody in the classroom, that's terrifying. Have you ever met a new friend? Approached somebody new? Been in a business meeting where you had to mingle and and talk to strangers? Have you ever, speaking of a business meeting, have you ever been in a situation where the people around you in business or at a job seem to have more experience than you? Maybe they had more alphabet soup letters behind their names. That happened to me. I became the controller of a public company when I was only 29 years old. I had no college degree. I had literally taken two accounting classes at night at a community college a few years prior. Truth be told, I had never even fully closed a set of books. Oh my gosh, they would be in trouble if they realized that now, wouldn't they? And there I was in this position of being a corporate controller, having to report to the Securities and Exchange Commission. In any case, I moved on to another company a couple years later and we wound up buying companies. And I was in charge of the whole due diligence team and I wrote a manual on how to buy companies and you know, figured out a lot of cool stuff. But there I was, I will never forget it. I can picture it like I'm sitting there today in this round table. And we were sitting there with a bunch of auditors of a big four accounting firm that we had on our team that were there and the people we were looking at buying this company and they all had college degrees. Some of them had advanced degrees. And so it began like this. The person on one side of me, they said, somebody said to them, oh, where did you go to school? And off we went. And I thought, oh, gosh, maybe I could drop a fork. you know, Maybe I could choke on something and get myself out of this situation. Because eventually it's coming around to me. And I don't want to say, well, I took those two college classes. <laughs> I mean, I was so nervous. I thought, I'm so embarrassed. And I'm leading this team. And I'm supposed to be this really kind of a knowledgeable person and experienced and a, and a great leader and all that. So it comes to me. Oh, what about you? I said, I didn't go to college. Oh, I remember the dry throat, the just nervousness. What are these people going to think? Are they going to look down on me now? Am I no longer the leader of the team? How about my own guys that were reporting to me? And yes, they were all men reporting to me. What are they going to start doing? Are they going to treat me differently? What was incredible is the guy at the table that had actually the highest level of education super, super smart and accomplished, his reaction was, wow, that's incredible. I'm impressed. Anyway, I don't tell you that story so that you're impressed. I tell you that story so you know that I was terrified, but I lived through it. If you've had any kind of an experience like that and lived through it, you see, you are courageous. You did it. You faced it. You lived through it. Have you ever even shared a new idea at work? Hey, I've got an idea knowing that, you know, old Joe over there, he's always negative. He's always cynical. He's going to say something, but you were brave enough to do it anyway. Have you ever had a health scare? The list can go on and on and on of things that have come up in your life that have scared you, perhaps even terrified you, but you did it. You faced them and you made it through. That is my first proof right there that you're courageous, that you can do this, whatever it is you face today. So they say, you know, they, those people, I was literally going to write a book many years ago called, what was I going to call that book? It was about them, you know, about what they say. You know, I was going to say, oh, I know I was going to call it. Who are they? (laughs) Right? We're always talking about they did this and they did that. And they said that, and you know, they're the authority. They're everybody. That's not us. Okay. I'm digressing. So they say that at the top of most people's, in the top few of most people's biggest fears, I mean, I'm talking on the short list up there with death, is public speaking. Let's think about why that is. First of all, do you remember the first time that you ever heard your own voice on an audio? If you're as old as me, there was no video. It was on a cassette tape, probably. We somehow got a recorder and recorded our own voice. I remember thinking, that is not me. There's something wrong with the tape recorder. Maybe there's something wrong with my ears, but that's not how I sound. I hear myself every day. I don't sound like that. And the people with me, my friends, we're all giggling and everything. They went, well, yes, it is. It sounds exactly like you. What? Everybody that I've ever had this conversation with has felt the same way. We hear our voice for the first time, and the first thing that happens is, we don't think that sounds like us. The second thing that happens is, ick, I hate my own voice. Everybody has said that. So when I started doing this, when I started on this mission a few years ago and started recording video and audio, I kind of, at first, it was weird to hear my voice. Now, my voice sounds normal to me on video and on audio. And even when I watch myself, you guys, I smile if that woman on the video smiles at me, if she laughs or says something funny, I laugh at her. So it doesn't bother me anymore. But on that top fear list, public speaking, if you went to school in the United States anyway, you had to do some kind of a class where you had to do an oral presentation. Our class was called oral communications. I think it was in ninth or 10th grade in high school. And we all knew it was coming, and it was terrifying. I remember knowing every single person in the room and still being scared to death, right? We're afraid of what people will think. We're afraid that they're not going to be interested in our subject. We don't want to put ourselves out there. We just don't like it. It's scary. So I was in child psychology at the time, and so I did my, my oral communications report on spina bifida, you know, which is a condition that children are born with. And it just really made me sad. And it, and I thought it was important for people to be aware of. And I, it just really touched me. Now, I don't know what I was thinking, though. Because people, and I think maybe it was 10th grade, are not that interested in spina bifida. They don't want to hear anything that's, that's sad or worrisome or troublesome or maybe they consider it to be not pleasant to look at. There I was with my pictures and everything. But I made it through. You made it through your oral communications, too. And even if you think you bombed, nobody cares. You made it. So I know what you might be thinking at this point. You might be thinking, well, yeah, you know what, Valerie? That all sounds good, except for standing in front of a class talking about spina bifida is nothing compared to what I'm facing today. Even going around that round table being afraid they're gonna find out you don't have a college degree when all of the men did. Oh, yeah, okay, that was probably scary at the time, but literally, seriously, if you knew what I was going through, th- th- those things pale in comparison. And they probably do. But consider this at the time that you went through whatever scary experience you went through, I'm sure that when I was going over the list and telling you a couple of my stories, I'll bet you some popped into your head, some of your most scary moments. At the time that you faced that scary moment, that period of time, whatever it was, at the time it was big, it was huge. You didn't have this yet to compare it to, right? You didn't have it. So maybe it was even the most terrifying thing you could think of, but you made it through. So even though this thing is big, you've already proven that you're courageous. You've already proven that you are brave. So stop saying things like, I can't do this. You know what that reminds me of? After Jamie was killed, when I got the news, it was about 1030 in the morning. And my first thought was, I need to find my mom. Because if somehow this gets out, because people knew in the area and Jamie's friends, and what if this gets out on social media or she sees it on the news or something like that, and her name gets out, you know, they had notified me. So what if, what if my mom finds out? I knew my mom would fall apart. Do you know that I literally did not grieve my daughter for five hours? Because I was so worried about my mom. And rightly so, because when Rich went and found her and picked her up and brought her to my house, And he had told her, and I opened the car door in the garage to help her out of the car. She fell apart. And she kept saying to me, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I said, Mom, it's okay. I can do it. I will help you. I will get you through this. You know, it's funny when I step back later and I think, really? Mom, I'm the kid here. You know, even though I'm a grown woman. And I had to help you. But that's the thing. My mom has verbally said for 81 years now, almost 81. How scared she is of this and that and everything else. She's convinced herself that she is a fearful person. Even though I could sit here and list off many things that she has faced and been brave. But she's taken that that on, that mantle. This is who she's wanted to be almost. it's It's almost like she's embraced it as being a fearful person. Please don't say, I can't do this. Because the fact of the matter is you can do this. I would have never imagined that I could go through 15 years watching my daughter self-destruct and going through all the chaos and drama and fear and horrible situations and watching her do things and say things and and go missing and and the list goes on. I would have never imagined that I could have gotten through that. No, uh uh-uh. If you'd have painted that picture for me, I would have said, no, I couldn't do it. I would fall apart. The fact of the matter is I probably did fall apart a few times, but I could do it. I did it. If you would have said I would have got that knock on the door, that my daughter had been murdered, brutally murdered, that I would sit in a preliminary hearing and hear the details of the seven gunshots to her body and how she was unarmed and what she said before she died, if you would have told me I could face that and get through it, I would not have agreed with you, but I did. And so that's what I'm saying to you, whatever it is that you have faced, you faced it. And whatever you're facing today, you can, even if you think you can't. I'm here to tell you that I know you can, because if I can, then so can you. You're probably facing something very different from what I have faced and what my future holds. But the fact of the matter is, I just proved to you that I faced things that I never thought I could. And if one person has faced anything big, that means you can too. If somebody has faced something like you have, there's proof positive. All you need to do is find one person that has faced something similar to you and been brave and been courageous and stands on the other side, heartbroken or not. Changed, probably yes, but it's proof. Here, stop saying, I'm not a courageous person. I already proved that you are. I'm not brave. Already said you were. That it's too much for me to handle. No, it's not. You can handle far more than you ever imagine. It's not fair. I agree with you. Life is not fair, but that doesn't get us anywhere. That victim mentality doesn't get us anywhere. Why me? Ask that a thousand times. Why not you? Flip the script. I finally did that in my own life. Why not you, Valerie? Why not you? be the one that proves why not you be the one that leads why not you be the one that others can look to why not you be the one that helps somebody else out of the darkness here's the truth see because all those things that you saying that you are saying those are lies they come from the beast god calls us to be strong and courageous, to not be afraid. He says it hundreds of times in the Bible, hundreds of times to different people and in various situations. And it's a message for all of us. Never does he say, whoa, be scared. You can't handle it. Remember that you have God on your side. So here are the truths. The truth is you can handle this and anything else that comes your way. The truth is that you are strong enough. The truth is that you are courageous and you are brave, my friend. The truth is that this is not too much for you to handle. Yeah, might not be fair, but everyone can say that. You're a warrior. You need to be a role model of courage and hope. I already mentioned this, that God is on your side. So you don't have to feel alone. You are not alone. Do you know that you and God are a majority? But he put us on this earth to be in communion with other people. And so you are not alone. I I can tell you one thing. You're not alone because I'm with you. Even if this is virtually through a podcast, that's again why I would love for you to come and meet me at the Freedom Experience in Phoenix in October so that we could actually physically meet in person, and you would really believe that I am standing with you and that you're not alone. Become a warrior in hope, like I said. Join my movement. Become one of the million women that stands up and says no to fear and says yes to courage and hope. We are in this together, my friend. Your story matters so much that I want you to learn how to live it courageously.